recap of Sunday's readings, it's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And this morning's Homily Highlight comes from Father Gary Zare at St. Edward's Catholic Church in Kaiser. There's a lot going on in this gospel today. Jesus is just beginning his ministry and he's called Peter and Andrew and James and John. We know that Peter and Andrew were living in this house. Uh, it's common in those days to live in a family house. And if you were not wealthy, sometimes even your animals would be there on the first floor and then they'd have a, a roof garden for the long hot summers. So uh, Jesus shows up there and he's just beginning his ministry. And Peter, we don't see it, whether Peter has seen other miracles yet, uh, but he knows that Jesus has the power of healing. So he commends his mother-in-law to Peter, I mean, to Jesus. And, and of course, the question is, where's Peter's wife? That's a, that's a question nobody's been able to answer for 2,000 years, but, but the gospel doesn't say. But you get the impression that when it was written, people knew what the answer was. They just didn't put it in there. So uh, that's the immediacy of Mark's gospel, which was probably written first. We go back and forth on that. Uh, but that's not the point of the gospel. And of course, Jesus heals her, and she immediately gets up and does the Semitic hospitality that they still do today, is that you're expected to stop and eat something, and you're not being, uh, you're not being hospitable in, in that culture unless you serve something to a guest, and the guest should eat. And uh, that's, like I said, that's still true today in that part of the world. And well, actually, it was, my grandmother was the same way. You know, you had to eat when uh, you have relatives like this. If you don't eat, you don't like them. So anyway, we, regardless of whether you're hungry, you ate when you came over to grandma's house. But, but while she, before she uh, starts cooking, she leans out the window or something and says, hey, come on over here, you know, Look what he did for me. So before long, the entire town is hanging around Capernaum, right around Peter's house. And uh, this later became one of the first churches uh, in, in the world. And uh, a house church within an octagonal shape is where we think Peter's house was. So they, uh, Jesus heals into the night. And he's just, be like I said, he's just beginning. and. He finally chases everybody away, and if they had a door, they closed the door, and they had to stop with the healing unfinished. And Jesus must have been very tired, and they all went to sleep, probably all in the same room on the common floor. That's just the way things were done then. And somehow, in the middle of the night, Jesus manages to um, get up and must have been very tired. But somebody told me at the last mass he needed some R&R. &R. That's what he was off to get. But getting up at 3 in the morning is not a good way to have to get R&R, &R, in my opinion. But he needed to get away. And so he kind of, you can see him kind of stepping around the bodies and, and sneaking out to get this time with his father. And in this way, Jesus is telling us, or Mark, is, Mark makes a point of mentioning the times that Jesus prays before he makes a decision. That's one of Mark's theses when he's writing, is Jesus has a need to commune with his Father and then make these decisions. What decisions is he making? He's looking for a vision. What's my vision going to be here? He's having an extraordinary success with the healing ministry. Is that what he's here for? He's left people not healed yet. Why is he here? 
and he discerns this and in his in his godhood he's omniscient but taking on a human body not glorified yet he has limitations like we do and he has to ask the Lord his father for help and he does and the decision he makes is a surprising one and he also makes people look for him and we see the same dynamic at work when he was 12 years old the finding in the temple another extraordinary story where his parents themselves had to look for him for three days this is a symbol of the resurrection of the dead looking for Jesus for three days and uh, again God will periodically hide himself that we might find him we then the choice will become do we give up or do we seek God again within the trials of life in the times when prayer is not easy and and life is not going our way do we blame God or do we start looking for him because he doesn't answer right away and Peter knew where to look because that was his area it's his hometown and and if you've ever been to that area there's not a whole lot of places to hide it's just basically chaparral so he wouldn't have been hard to find but uh, he was out in the hills you know in the middle of the night when nobody could see him and and Peter comes up to him you know with I suppose with a posse I don't know who he brought with him but he he said he said Jesus where have you been don't you know everybody's looking for you and I just see Jesus I can't I'm not an actor but you know I just seem like what do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> you think I don't know everybody's looking for me? He, that's why he got away. And the decision is, let's go on. For that is what I'm called to do. He's not called to heal everybody around the Sea of Galilee. Those are all temporary healings. There are signs. They're not meant that wasn't his only ministry we're fallen creatures we all are in need of healing but the healing he wants to bring is the healing of, of fear of death the, the the healing of what you heard in the first reading in Job before Christ where Job is suffering and he says my at night I can't I I wake I can't wait for the dawn and during the day I wish it was night and my life is passing like a weaver's shuttle he's like he's never going to be happy again and to save us from the idea that there's nothing more that this world is all there is this is this is what he's saving us from from our own sins of not being able to see that God is good that he's here that he's real and so this is why we find this these stories are the dynamic of, of the story of this of our lives because Jesus is encouraging us to pray in circumstances uh, all the time and especially in in before major decisions and for visioning and also that we're going to have to seek him he's going to disappear uh, we wake up and suddenly our friend is gone and we have to go searching and it means that we need a new insight we need to find God in a new place in our life and he'll come and you'll be there um, a people we need a vision you know uh, a priest can get caught up as well as anybody else in just being a reactor you know there's so much going on constant especially these last two months it seems like everybody was either sick or we had funerals and bang 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 father this father that and all that's important but we also need a vision where's the parish going uh, what is our overall vision so you don't get caught up with nothing but details um, you know with Lent coming up we got this wonderful mission. Um, Father Gregory was here about three or four years ago. Uh, I thought it was—I thought he was extraordinarily good. If you can't make it during the day because you work, 
hello. Uh, we have it on video, so, and he's doing a meditation at three o'clock, and it's a retreat. I invite you to get involved in that if you can, or something, but we all have to get that, that perspective that Jesus needed to pull himself out of that crowd so that he could see where even Jesus needed to have a vision. We, uh, a story that I wanted to tell last night, I forgot, was um, when I got here, I found that the, uh, that I didn't like the fact that I was sitting in the center of the church. I thought, I thought the tabernacles would be there, we couldn't move that, but, but I found this tiny little cross, which is right on top of that processional cross, that was our cross. And it was so little, you couldn't see it. So we, we prayed about it and the pastoral council decided we'd buy a demand. So we fundraised for this $11,000 crucifix, which you can now find in the chapel because uh, we bought that before realizing we were going to build this church. And that church, that cross, big as it is, would have been dwarfed by this building. So without, you know, that, 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 that saying, without a vision of people perish, you know, if we had been, had our vision in place, we wouldn't have bought that cross. But God worked it to good, because when we built the Adoration Chapel, and we didn't do this on purpose, we took that cross and put it in this chapel, and it fits there with about a quarter of an inch clearance from the top, like we meant it. We didn't cut it, we didn't, we didn't shave one centimeter off of that cross. It just fits. Take a look at it sometime. Look at the, look at the clearance on that, if you don't believe in divine providence, you know. And so we've got this most gorgeous uh, crucifix in the chapel that we normally wouldn't have spent $11,000 for in a chapel but God wanted it there. He wanted people to, to be able to meditate on that. And, and you know, and it goes on like that. So, but we too have to have this vision in our lives. And Jesus uh, encourages us uh, to, to keep seeking. And uh, you know, he, he knows his time is limited. He knows the minute he starts getting popular, the Pharisees and the religious leaders are getting involved with him. They're off base a little bit in their theology. They're not going to like where he's going and if the tension's going to build, before you know it, they're going to want to kill him. He knows this. That's why he said at the wedding of Cana to his mother, he said, my time hasn't come yet, woman, you know. And, but he did, he did change the water to wine and started the clock ticking. So now Jesus is on a limited time span. But so are we. All of us have... <laughs> for lack of a better word, expiration date. So, um, but that's what, Lent, isn't that what Lent's all about? What do we come to Ash Wednesday for to have ashes put on our head anyway? Because it's, it gives us insight. It, what is the most precious commodity that we all have? Time, time. What am I going to do with my time? Will, will Lent just be Netflix or will I actually make an investment in some in something that will build up my soul. If we are praying, we may not get an answer to our prayer while we're praying, but it will open us up to the action of the Spirit during the week to hear Jesus speaking in the church or the scriptures or daily events or insights that will come to us from ourselves or others within our soul. But if we're praying, that milieu will open up within us and become fertile ground. It plows the field to get ready for God to plant something. If not, we end up with clay that nothing will grow in. And so we have that choice to make, like Jesus, where are we going? Do we have a vision 
or we're just bouncing from thing to thing without thinking about it before you know it, life is over, and we missed a lot of opportunities that God offered us. So this is a breather we have between Advent and, or I should say Christmas and Lent, and so God invites us with Jesus to a journey with him around the Sea of Galilee with the vision of, the, uh, of our own future too, as well. And that is today's homily highlight from Father Gary Zare in Kaiser at St. Edward's Catholic Church.